The Innovator's Dilemma, Kodak Syndrome, The Frog in Boiling Water, The Deer in the Headlights, Slow Motion Liquidation, Dead Man Walking. These are phrases used to describe companies that do not adjust to the realities of their marketplace. Companies that were once successful, but did not transform their business model when transforming was a requirement for survival. The technology industry exalts innovation and disruption, yet the list of wildly successful tech companies that failed to transform when required is long. To name just a few, Wang, Deck, Palm, 3Com, Siebel, PeopleSoft, and my alma mater, Silicon Graphics. I'm Thomas Law, the Executive Director of the Technology and Services Industry Association. We have spent the last nine episodes of this 10-part series describing how technology providers need to transform to remain relevant and competitive in today's marketplace. And yet, companies are ignoring the warnings or transforming too slowly. Maybe your company. In this final installment of our series on the have and have-nots of the technology industry, we will make the case for why management teams need to lean into business model transformation. For those listeners not familiar with TSIA, we are a for-profit research institute. We track the performance of the largest publicly traded technology providers on the planet. And more importantly, we perform deep operational benchmarking with the technology companies that are on the TSIA platform. It is that data that informs the insights you will hear in this series. First, I want to acknowledge the challenges of business model transformation. By definition, business model transformation means you change the way your company operates. For the technology companies today, there are three significant aspects of that business model transformation, three transformations within an overall transformation. There is offer transformation. The technology company needs to migrate the value proposition from feature functionality to value realization. It needs to design offers that have the attributes we have been describing in this series. Most importantly, the offer needs to minimize complexity for the customer, not monetize that complexity with the customer. Next, there's go-to-market transformation. New as-a-service offers need to be supported by a new account coverage model that leverages customer success capabilities to cost-effectively expand and renew existing customers. Also, as discussed in episode nine, as-a-service offers force re-engineering the channel motion. Finally, and perhaps most painful, there is a transformation of the economic engine, the shift from upfront transactional revenues to recurring revenues. For more on this, read our papers on swallowing the financial fish. So there are a lot of moving parts in this specific business model transformation. It is completely understandable why management teams are not overly excited to pick up this challenge. But in reality, what are the alternatives? Let's discuss. TSI believes every technology company is consciously or unconsciously choosing one of four paths forward. First path, aggressive business model transformation, which includes the three sub-transformations I just described. Now, this is hard. 
especially for public companies that will undoubtedly experience diminished financial performance as they navigate the transformation. Second path, faux business model transformation. Now, what does that mean? This is where a company states they are changing their business model, but underneath the covers, they're only tweaking the model. They want to protect current profit levels, so they minimize investment in transformation. The efforts are ineffective art projects. They are moving too slowly. This path is really no path at all and leads to one of two remaining paths. Third path, industry consolidation. Companies that are unwilling to change merge with their legacy competitors that are also unwilling to transform. Fewer companies serve a shrinking customer base, which of course leads to shrinking workforces. Fourth path, private equity. The struggling company is taken private to be, quote, fixed up, end quote. Let's talk in detail about this path, one that many companies feel is perhaps their best option. TSI has numerous member companies that were public, but have been taken private. It is amazing how similar the talk track sounds when I speak to an executive at a company recently purchased by a PE firm. Uh, you know, well, Tom, this is a private company. Uh, we will be better positioned to, to pursue our long-term goals and, and we'll have greater flexibility to develop best-of-breed technologies that deliver superior performance for our customers. Uh, th this flexibility alongside the deep management experience of the firm that purchased us is why I am so very excited about the future. Man, that, that does sound like a winning path. But what actually happens when a PE firm purchases a struggling technology company is different. The PE playbook is pretty straightforward. First, they trim the fat, expect layoffs and cost cutting. Next, the PE firm milks the cow. High margin legacy revenue streams like maintenance contracts are used to service the massive debt the PE firm incurred to buy your company. Next, they may cobble the growth. How? By purchasing other struggling tech providers and smashing them together into a portfolio so they can say, hey, look, the company we bought is now growing again. But finally, after cutting costs and cobbling the growth, they are ready to sell. On this path, has any business model transformation really occurred? Unlikely. At the end of this path, is the company any better positioned to compete? Unlikely. So there you have it, four potential paths for every technology company. Of those four paths, there is only one that has the potential to enable real organic revenue growth. The other paths are more likely to result in companies with less revenues, fewer customers, and fewer employees. Aggressive business model transformation is the most fruitful path forward for all stakeholders for shareholders that want a higher company valuation in the long-term, for employees that want to keep their jobs, and for existing customers that want to keep partnering with a viable technology provider. But again, aggressive business model transformation is hard, not easy. That is why it is the path less taken. Which is why members ask me this question. So Thomas, what are the attributes of companies that do execute a business model transformation? This is a great question. So let me be candid with the response. 
what do I observe in companies that are actually making progress with the migration to an as-a-service business model? Well, first of all, there is a real sense of urgency. The executive team and the board of directors understand no less than the future of the company is on the line. The top priority is to push through this transformation. Why is there a heightened sense of urgency? Well, that brings me uh, to the second attribute that companies actually have when they're transforming their business model. They bring in a new CEO to drive the transformation. Yes, long-serving CEO Carl Bass remained at the helm of Autodesk when they began the migration to the cloud, but that is an exception. Uh, Adobe, Cisco, Microsoft, and Palo Alto Networks are all companies that installed new CEOs before making real progress on business model transformation. And if you turn back the hands of time, perhaps the most famous example of an outsider CEO transforming a tech company was when IBM brought in Lou Gerstner in 1993 to save the company from bankruptcy. If the CEO is entrenched in the legacy business model, transformation initiatives are dead on arrival. Third attribute real investment in the new offers and capabilities required to support the new business model. A new SaaS offer is not a poorly funded pilot. Customer success is, is not a financial art project. Significant investment in the new is accomplished by redirecting resources away from the legacy offers. Let me say that again. Investment in the new is achieved by redirecting investment away from the legacy products. Back to the Gerstner story. In his book, Who Says Elephants Can't Dance, which is about the IBM business model transformation of the late 90s, Gerstner recalls the attitude of executives that led IBM's legacy business units like mainframe computing. They felt that any profits they generated within a business unit should be controlled and owned by them to reinvest in their business unit. Gerstner corrected their thinking. He said, those are not your profit dollars. They are IBM's profit dollars to reinvest for the best interests of IBM. Finally, the fourth attribute of successful transformation. Managers up and down the stack lean into learning about the new business model. They realize they need to get an MBA in as-a-service business models. They take that learning seriously because they realize there are gaps in their ability to manage in the new models. So urgency from the board, new CEO, real investment in building new capabilities, and an overall management commitment to mastering the new models. That is what I see in companies that make real progress on business model transformation. So let me make some summary observations about the journey we have been on in this series. Hopefully, this series has taught you that we have reached an inflection point in our industry. The business models of tech are shifting, and for the better. The new as-a-service models will unlock more value for customers. Every day, we are learning more and more about the capabilities and attributes that will drive success for as-a-service technology providers. Many of those attributes were discussed in this series. But this inflection point is creating a bifurcation between the haves and have-nots. Every quarter that goes by, you can see this growing gap 
between tech companies struggling to hold on to existing customers and tech companies that are gobbling up market share. If your company does not possess enough of the new attributes we have covered in this series, your company is, or I predict will be in trouble. And this inflection point is forcing every tech company into one of the four paths outlined in today's episode. For employees, only one of those paths represents an opportunity to work for a vibrant, growing company. So that leads me to the big question for you today. What is the likely path forward for your company? If your company is not positioning itself to be relevant in the future, you have three options, and that's it. Three options. Number one, leave the company you're at. Number two, agitate for real business model transformation. Or number three, accept that you are working for a company that is in slow motion liquidation. Thanks again for joining us. Hope you enjoyed this series. If you want to have us make more series like this, please email me at thomas.tsi.com. I would love to hear your feedback. Cheers. Cheers.